Well, good morning. We are glad you are here. If you are live streaming with us, welcome. Um, good to have you here. We are working our way through the book of Romans, and I want you to imagine for a minute you go to a Husker game, and a fight breaks out in the section because people are arguing, is your sweatshirt really truly cream or not? No, yours is an off-color cream, and, and you have to bring security in to break this thing up. We, we'd say that's, that's just boring on, on ridiculous. And yet, within the body of Christ, we can get that ridiculous fighting over non-essential issues. And this morning, I want us to think about that. What should be our perspective? How should we handle our differences on non-essential issues? So you've got a Bible, if you'd open it to Romans chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go through chapter 15, verse 12, wrestling with that question. How do we handle our differences on non-essential issues? Now, you've been with us, we have been in the book of Romans for a while, uh, probably since early March, and kind of the, the big issue as we, we talk about the gospel, when, when Paul talked about initially the gospel, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of salvation to the Jew first, then also to the Greek. It, and, and he said, whether you're religious or non-religious, this is what brings you back to God. And then he made the case that whether you're religious or non-religious, you can't get back to God on your own. And then he, he spelled out the beauty of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. He tells us we're, we've been reconciled with God and we've got peace with God and we're seen righteously through the eyes of God. And then uh, he took a break in verses, uh, chapters 9 through 11. And he said there was a bit of a apprentices. What about Israel? What about the fact that the Jewish people in Paul's day were, were pushing back. They weren't accepting Jesus. And he um, said, well, that, that all fit within God's plan. That, that God knew this was going to happen. That he had a season for the Gentiles to come in. And that now he was just closing uh, for a while. And then he would work again through Israel. And that led us to chapter 12, which was the, the submission section. The, uh, or the application section. And, and basically the call is to submit, to submit to God. It, it starts this way. I urge you, brethren, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, which is your acceptable or reasonable service of worship. Paul said the way we're to respond to that is with submission. First to God and then to others. And the, he built that case in chapter 12. Um, Chapter 13, he said we need to be in submission to government. Uh, chapter, uh, verse, ch chapter 13, verses 8 through 14, then it comes back to submitting to one another. And, and that's where we are in, in chapter 14. And here's how our passage starts. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. So, so what's the deal? So, some Jewish folks came to faith in Jesus, and they had uh, this whole history of following these uh, dietary regulations. And when they heard you could eat anything, they could eat meat, 
They said, no, we can't do that. And, and the Gentiles came in and said, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. God says we can eat anything. And so you, you got a disagreement. You got the strong who said, yeah, my, my faith means I, I, can, I can eat anything. The weak are the ones who say, no, no, I can't do that. And, and there's tension between this. Uh, verse 2, again, one person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. So, so you got this, this difference in opinion on a non-essential issue, probably buttressed by the fact that you've got some ethnic tensions, Gentiles and Jews. And, and so Paul says, verse 3, the one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. Talking about meat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats. For God has accepted him. So we got some folks over here, they say, I mean, I, I can't eat meat. Well, and then there's some folks over here who say, well, I can. Well, well these two groups are, are looking at each other like there's something wrong with you and, and there's judgment. And Paul says, don't do it. Why? Uh, verse 4, For it, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own masters he stands or fails. And he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. Hey, these people, each one of them is serving the Lord. And, and, and that servant is, is responsible to his master. So, so don't be judging the servant. If you want to judge anybody, judge the Lord. But Paul says, you have no business judging these servants. Well, you, you may say, well, Andy, what, what does meat and eating meat have to do with us today? Well, let me, let me surface one more disagreement and we'll talk about that. Verse 5, one person regards one day above another. Probably talk about the Sabbath. Again, folks from the Jewish background believing that the, the Sabbath is, needs to be regarded, taken into consideration. Another regards every day alike, probably the Gentiles. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. But, but you have another place of disagreement. Well, we don't have those kind of disagreements, by and large, on what you can eat. Can you eat meat or vegetables? But we have disagreements about drinking. Look, the Bible's clear we're not to, to drink to excess. But some people feel the freedom to have, go have a beer or have a drink. Others look down and say, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, wait a minute. Who are you to judge when it comes to drinking? Again, not to excess. Or dancing. You should never go to a place where there's dancing. Well, according to who? People have different perspectives on that. I remember when I was involved with Campus Crusade, a Christian ministry, as a student at Texas A&M, we met on Thursday nights, and we'd say, hey, everybody, we're going out to Lakeview. There's a country and western dancing place. Well, people began to have issues with that because some of these kids had come to faith and been to those honky-tonks, and they didn't feel comfortable, and it was a temptation. Well, we have freedom to go. So we, we began to wrestle that through, and we decided we're not going to make a group announcement. If people want to go on their own, they're free to do it. But again, you're, you're, you're wrestling with dancing, not dancing, drinking, not drinking. Just as a kind of a side note, I, I was outstanding at the Cotton Eye Joe. I think you guys would want to know that. It's not related to the sermon. But. So then, Paul's talking about these, these differences in convictions. says, he observes the day, observes it for the Lord. And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God. And he who does not eat for the Lord, he does not eat and gives thanks to God. 
For not one of us lives for himself, and not one of them dies for himself. This is very un-American. You're not living for yourself. You're living for God and others. This is what the gospel does when you internalize it. It changes you from the inside out. For if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. We're living for the Lord. People are living for the Lord. We're, we're not concerned about self. Ultimately, we're concerned about God and others. With that in mind, that every one of these people, whether they eat meat or not, whether they observe the Sabbath or not, are, are serving the Lord, Paul says this, starting in verse 10, but you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. So don't be judging, Paul's saying. On those non-essential things, don't be calling, don't be drawing clue. People are going to fall differently on these issues. Verse 13, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in, your brother's, in a brother's way. Verse 14, Paul is going to admit, we have the freedom. We all have the freedom to eat, whatever. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Talking about food. But to, to him who thinks anything to be unclean, him to him it is unclean. There's going to be different perspectives on this. That being said, for if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Look, you have the freedom to eat as you want, but if your eating causes a brother in Christ to stumble, you've missed the point. The ultimate goal of Christianity is not to exercise our spiritual liberties. Remember the ultimate goal, the, the first response to God after we looked at the eight, first eight chapters of the Romans of the gospel was submission, first to God and then to others. So for the sake of God and for the sake of others, I'm willing to suspend my freedom. Verse 16, therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. Yeah, I have this freedom, but I'm going to exercise it to the hurt of another. That becomes an evil freedom. Verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not, is not eating and drinking. I can eat and drink whatever. Finally. No, no, that's not the ultimate end. But here's what it is. Righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Exercising our freedom is not the ultimate goal in Christianity. It's, it's exemplifying the character of Christ. His values, his priorities come through our lives. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. It's not about our freedom. It's about building up others. It's about finding peace. It's not about exercising our freedom. It says, do not tear down, 
the work of God for the sake of food. Wherever you stand on this food thing, don't tear down the work of God. All things indeed are clean, but they're evil for the man who eats and gives offense. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles. So we're talking about these non-essentials. And we've got freedom in them, but that freedom begins to cause conflict. What do we do? We let go of our freedoms for the sake of others. We let go of our freedom for the sake of others. Now, we talked about this. We talked about it in relation to drinking and dancing. Well, you know, I mean, we're free to drink as long as we're not drinking to excess. But if that's causing a brother to stumble I, I, or a sister, I, I put it away. We're free to go dancing. But if that causes somebody, I, then I, I suspend that freedom. Movies, different people have different perspective on movies. You know, if we're in a group and we're going to go see this movie and that's causing you to stumble, I gladly say no. We won't do it, at least for this time. We won't do it. So those are fairly benign. Those are fairly easy. Drinking and food and dancing. Here's one that's not so easy. Mask. All kinds of thought, all kinds of vitriol is being expressed on Facebook, whether you st- wherever you stand on this thing. And it's apparently, these folks haven't read uh, Romans 14 and 15. Okay, so if you're a person that doesn't believe masks are necessary and you don't see the point, when you see a person mask, you conclude those people, they're just sheep, they're just followers, they can't think. Do you conclude those people, they don't, have fa- they don't believe God will trust them. They don't have faith. If you do, you're in violation right here. Romans 14, Romans 15. Now, you're a person who's absolutely convinced masks are working, they need to be, and you see a person without a mask? Do you think they're rebellious? Or do you think, you know, they just don't care. They don't care about people. This case, Paul's got an issue with you in Romans 14 and 15. This is tearing the body of Christ apart. There's all kinds of stuff being written. And I promise you, Paul and Jesus would have a big problem. Uh, you, you have a thought. I know you've got a thought on this. And what should or shouldn't be. I'm not, I'm not, you're not, gonna, I'm not talking about changing. I'm talking about when someone else comes to a different conclusion. What are you thinking about those people? Again, we're not talking about essentials. We're not talking about the foundation of our faith the authority of the word of God and the person of Jesus and the means of salvation. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about things that are specifically forbidden or expressed in the scripture. You know, we're to meet together. We're, we're not to gossip. We're not to take sex outside the context of marriage. We're not to be involved in gluttony. We're not to be involved in stealing. We're not to be, we're, we're to forgive. I mean, those things, we're not, we're not talking about those kind of things where God lays it out, yay or nay. But we're talking about these non-essential issues, what do we do with them? 
what we lay down, our freedom for the good of others. I know what question is on your mind when I talked about the mass. If you want, okay, and if you're going to apply this, then who are the strong and who are the weak? The mass squares or not? And my answer to you is, I don't know. But fortunately, we have somebody on our staff who does. Daniel Park went to the Moody Bible Institute. Is that Daniel right back here? And Daniel has told me, he said, Andy, I would have gone to Denver. That's where I got my degree. I would have gone to Denver if I hadn't gotten into Moody because I went to Moody. So fortunately, we have a graduate of the Moody Bible Institute. So if you have questions about that, you go back. You catch Daniel after that. He will be glad to answer that. He will be able to answer that no problem. But that's above my pay grade, but Daniel's your man if you've got a question about that. Chapter 15. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. Who is our example? For even Jesus did not please himself. Okay, you know why I know? Lots of reasons I know Jesus is an American. That's it right there. He did not live to please himself. Rather, he gave up his life for us. The reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. Jesus is our model in this. He's, he stepped into pain. He stepped into discomfort. What? For you and for me that we could be reconnected with God. And so if this is our model on those non-essential issues, we're going to follow his lead and we're not going to act in a way that hurts somebody else. He is the one who shows us the way on that. Verse 4, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instructions. Talking about the Word of God. So that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. That's why we take time every Sunday in these, and we beseech you to be in the Bible. This is where we get hope. This is where we get perspective. This is where we get the heart of God. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement, grant you to be on the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look, our goal collectively is to honor God. If we're tearing each other apart because of a mask or because of a dance or because of this thing, we ain't fulfilling that mission. And Paul and Jesus are calling us out. On the non-essentials, make sure you are not acting in a way that hurts or offends your brother or sister. Verse 7, therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. And Paul uses verse 8 to 12 to look at some Old Testament scriptures to tell the Jews that God had always planned to bring the Gentiles into his kingdom. Some of this Tension has ethnic roots, Gentiles and Jewish. Paul said to the Jewish believers, don't exclude them. God had always planned for the Gentiles to be part of his kingdom. As Jesus' earthly ministry came to an end, he knew he was going to be crucified. And the night of his arrest, 
had come. This is recorded in John 18. And there was a mob who came out. They wanted to make sure they got the right guy. So Jesus says, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth. John 18, 6 says, Jesus answered this way, I am. And, and he, he was using the same words when, way back when Moses asked God, who sent me? Say, I am who I am. It's that same wording. And when Jesus said, I am, do you know what happened? Everybody was flattened, laid out. Jesus is now free. Because, man, the mob that's come to get him, they're laid out. Jesus, just exercise your freedom and go. And if anybody gets up, turn back to him and say, I am. You're free to go, man. Exercise your freedom. But he didn't. He stayed right there and gave up his freedom. Why? For you and for me. And that's why we're here this morning. That's why we're live streaming. Because Jesus said, exercising my freedom ain't what it's all about. It's doing and living the will of God. Submitting to him and submitting to others. And surely if Jesus does that, we can trust him to empower us to, in those non-essential issues to lay it down for the good of other people. Will you say this day, Jesus, I want to be like you. More than being an American who exercises my freedom. I want to follow you in laying down my freedom so that you and your Father might be glorified in those non-essential issues. Would we sacrifice our freedoms for the good of others? We're going to move to a time of communion now. So if you've got a little cup, if you'd pull that out. Um, and let me tell you what we're doing and what we're not doing we don't become, believe this becomes the little body and blood of Jesus. But we are commemorating, we are celebrating this one who died on the cross and rose from the dead. The one who chose to stay. When every, everybody was flat laid out and he could have walked, he stayed. And he did that so you and I could be reconnected with God. And then we could live a different life. We could get off ourself and what about me and what about my thing and what about my right, what about, what, what, what about me? And we could move on to thinking about other people. Jesus wrote about this right, right before he went out to the garden. He was with his disciples. And in Matthew 26, verse 26, it says this. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. So that first section, if you pull that first top off, you can get the wafer out. I invite you to take that, take hold of it. If you take and eat. Jesus, we thank you for your body, broken for us, that we might be whole. Thank you, Jesus, that you chose to stay. You chose to endure the cross that we might be different. 
Lord, when we talk about giving up our freedom, that we do that willingly. That your name, your reputation go forward. That more people might be drawn to you. Lord, that would be different. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. It goes on to say in verse 27, when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. But I said to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I invite you to take and to drink. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood shed for us. Lord, I pray that as we take hold of what you've done for us, the laying down of our rights for the good of others would be, would be natural. It'd be no sacrifice at all in light of what you've done. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen.